It's the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Lauks. And here's the podcast. Oh, it's so good to have you back, Bradford. Ah, I don't thank know if you, you. If you even heard uh, last week, we had a fill-in for last you. Last week, you had an old Transformer do the intro. I it, think it, it was that literally bad. people did not get past it. They you turned had, it off. You had an old cassette tape ran through some kind right, of Brett, like, like broken down tape recorder. Brett, yeah. say say say, and here's the podcast, and then I'm going to say, and here's the podcast, and and audience, you tell us. And here's the podcast. And here's the podcast. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. You sound like slow motion Groot. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't sound really good, does it? No. Uh, Sorry, buddy. It's okay. You'll never be Optimus Prime. <laughs> it's good. I'm opti- Optimus Subprime. Mm-hmm. It is good to have you back, though, buddy. You feeling better? Yes. For the most part, I still have a little bit of, uh, I guess, cough slash congestion, but it's, uh, it's definitely not death warmed over anymore. I have... My uh, my health mostly back. Well, good deal. Hey, did you get a chance to watch this episode of Saturday Night Live? No, I decided to skip this one entirely. <laughs> me, me too, Nate. You're on your own. Yeah, sorry. So we're going to listen to you, and we'll just be like, oh, that sounds like it was that maybe like good. Fine, fine sketch. Well, you guys missed something this week that was pretty big. What? Cecily Strong has left the show. Oh, what? my God. Yeah, yeah. Where's she going? Uh Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was big news that broke uh, just a few hours before the episode aired. Uh, NBC announced it through their Twitter, uh, or the SNL Twitter account announced it anyway, saying that uh, they were going to be saying farewell to Cecily Strong. And of course, people were sad, and it was uh, definitely a heartfelt goodbye, which we will talk about in more detail as we break down the episode. Uh, this is the last episode of 2022. Uh, almost to the midpoint of the season. Not quite, but... It's not quite, but I do consider the Yeah, midpoint. exactly. Um, so this was uh, an episode hosted by Austin Butler, uh, who, if you don't know him, he played Elvis in Boz Lerman's movie, Elvis. And uh, <laughs> we had musical guest Lizzo joining him. And uh, this is how we're going to close out the year. And Austin Butler would say, And here's the podcast. That's true. He's got a yeah, very it, sexy voice. He's got a very deep voice, but very is it... Uh, here's it, the podcast, baby. Is it no, it's not Elvis, but it is very deep. He does. He does kind of sound like his Elvis a little bit, though. That's what I wonder because I feel like he didn't sound like Elvis that much before Elvis. Yeah, and he's just kind of adopted it, and then just like I'm gonna be Elvis now. It's yeah, it's interesting because I he's very good in Elvis. Don't get me wrong, but oh, once yeah. once I heard his real voice, I was like, oh, he's not changing that much. Or or maybe he did change it for the Elvis impersonation, like Nate just said, and he's kept it. That's possible too, but I don't know. Seems like a weird choice. Okay. All right. You guys want to talk about Cecily Strong for a second and what she means to the show, or do you want to wait for that? We'll wait for that. We'll do that because they that's that's how the show ended. No. Whoops. <laughs> no, we're not talking about her tonight. All right. Let's start off. Um, last week we got treated to a wonderful cold opening. It still touched a little bit of political cultural commentary, but it was not. A po- technically a political cold open. This week we got Trump NFT cold open written by Mike DeCenzo, Allison Gates, and Ken Sublet. Donald Trump, played by James Austin Johnson, talks about his recent NFT sales, amongst other topics, and includes appearances by Donald Trump Jr., played by Mikey Day, and Kimberly Guilfoyle, played by Cecily Strong. 
I've always found it was odd that Ben had a big crush on Kimberly Guilfoyle. Do you? <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I will say, I one of the things I do before, when I'm preparing for these episodes is I look at the sketches on YouTube trending. Hey, we to do see- too. Oh, sorry, I didn't. No, no. no. I, I so let, let me say this before I say the word YouTube and get attacked for this. I do watch the episodes on Peacock now. All right, for. Bradford specifically for everybody. No, for you. For everybody. Because I don't care, but I do watch it for you in a row. But then I go to YouTube because I'll watch a lot of the sketches again because I want to. I want to catch some things there. And one of the things I do is I go to the YouTube trending and see which of the sketches really hit hard because those are, you know, I, I'm just always interested by it because some of the sketches that I don't typically like are some of the ones that end up trending. Right. Sure. This was the one that trended from this episode. Actually. Of course it did. Um, so. What did you think of this? We've been talking about we don't love the political cold openings. Not that you can't have political commentary, but just, you know, Trump, Fox News kind of stuff. Ben, what did you think of this cold open? So James Austin Johnson, a little off his game on the Trump stuff. He he He's known for really knocking these monologues out of the park and not stumbling over any words. I mean, he really is. And he three or four times kind of fucked up his lines a little bit and that was a little jarring for me because I, I just have seen him do it so well for so long it's kind of like the one time I saw Alex Moffat do a uh, guy who just bought a boat and kind of really screw up the lines and he was just so good at it that it just kind of came out of nowhere didn't totally ruin it whatsoever but it was noticeable um, we've done the Trump list now five or six times it's worn on me enough now where I'm like okay this is I, I'm now more concerned on connecting the dots on my own on how they're going to get there on the right side of the screen. And I'm not really listening to him all that much because I'm trying to say, how are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? How are they going to yeah. do it? And it's becoming a little lazier. Yeah, I, I love the Trump list stuff in the beginning. I'm it's getting of, lazy. I'm kind of over yeah, it right now. Lazy. And I, I understand the, you know, the appeal of making fun of something that is just so, you know, rich with potential of Trump doing basically the, like, the equivalent of what a used car salesman is doing today, which is by making NFTs and, and selling them. Uh, but like they just can't do anything with it that was worth doing the sketch. Like, sure, some of the NFTs they created were mildly amusing. Again, but though, they weren't that far away yeah, from the exactly. reality. That, that, that's the thing. And that, I that, that's tell always which ones were. that's always been the biggest problem with Trump in general. Even yep. with James Austin Johnson, is that you can barely do anything that is mo- any more ridiculous than the real man himself. So, no matter how good Austin's impression is. Have you, know? you have you seen? And this is I'm being serious. Have you seen the NFTs? Like, have you? Have you I've seen I've seen some of them. All right, so. Um, uh, you guys will be seeing them this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> at, a, at a $99, it's a steal. Uh, Brad, I'll ask you then point blank. Was him as an astronaut a real one? Yes. Okay, see, I, I really don't know this. Was him, I'm guessing the one of him as a cowboy was not. No, that one was real. And actually, Wait, the, the cowboy's real? The cowboy one was real, and it was actually really funny because somebody did a reverse image search, and they found that the the coat that he was wearing was like a Google image of like a coat that you could buy, and, and they just photoshopped it. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. All right, so the ones that were definitely fake were him on top of the red and blue elephant. Uh, I don't know, actually. I think that one might have been real. Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I this think, is crazy. I, I yeah. would have, if you wanted to do this sketch, I, I probably would have done more of like, 
explaining the concept of NFTs to Donald Trump. Um, because again, I still don't really fully understand NFTs, right? Yeah. I know they're non-fungible tokens. I know the concept of them. I don't get why they're valuable still. I mean, I know that they Well, that's, are, that's the thing is they're like people think they are, but they're really not. <laughs> I, I know. And so this idea of like that maybe, you know, and you could have done some commentary on NFTs, which are really not a thing anymore. I feel like that whole bubble hey, burst. Crash with, the, with the, the, so, the, the FTX exchange like, crash and all that. I mean, it's all kind of going away, but... Like but so, for so me, weird. the comedy was in that, like uh, the president doing NFTs now after right. the crash happened. Right. Uh, the former president, uh, still the president for me. Um, <laughs> whoops! But <laughs> said, uh, said the quiet part out loud there, Nady boy. Uh, so, so that would have been something I think would have been a little more funny. Yeah, um, like go down the rabbit hole of other things that have passed their prime where he's trying to hawk. Like that's or, maybe a better. Idea. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there, even, there are other things. Even yeah. better, I, I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you watch? I know you were very sick last week, Brad. Did you watch the episode last week? Oh yeah, of course. So. <laughs> The cold well, opening. I a commentary on it. I, that's right. The cold opening, though, right? Because we didn't really get to talk about this with you. Yeah. You got to experience that as well, that it was done in such a way that you could still include political commentary, and it was just done, I think, so much more subtly, which made the humor better. I feel like with the Trump stuff, they hit you over the head with it, yeah. and it becomes not funny anymore. It's, um, it's, you, you guys are actually both right. For the, I'll say it for the first time ever. You're both right. Brad is right because you can't parody something that's already so silly. And Nate is right because you shouldn't parody something when you could do something different and make it more subtle and it would be funnier. So th on both accounts, pick pick your poison. You're both right. Yeah. This was not great. All right, moving on. Austin Butler's monologue written by Mike Desenzo and Jake Nordwin. First time host, Austin Butler talks about how his voice has always sounded like it has. I don't believe that. Since people say he actually sounds like Elvis and about his deceased mother who he says would be proud that he is hosting on a uh, Saturday Night Live. You know... You, Nate, you, I got to start with you, buddy. You put in a dead mom in there. Yeah. And I'm on board. I was going to um, say, did, did it hit a little bit of the heartstrings it, for you? It, it did, actually, because there was a section there where I could tell he was getting emotional. He really was, and, and Bailey and, and, so, and I So I, I, I thought that was very endearing. Yeah, um, it was adorable. And, and it, I felt like he meant it. Yes. Uh, I did look it up. I think his mom died in 2014, so did, it, man, it, it's not that long ago. Didn't come across disingenuous whatsoever. Did, no, no, he seemed likable. I, I don't know a ton about Austin Butler, honestly, um, other than I've seen a couple of his roles, but I don't know a ton about his like personal life or anything. Um but I actually really enjoyed him here. I thought, I thought maybe for the end. first time ever they were going to do a callback joke and he was going to try to announce that he was also pregnant because the outfit kind of looked like Kiki Palmer's with like a low-cut neckline. Yeah. And I really thought, oh, my God, are they going to do it? That'd be incredible. They never do that. And then, of course, they didn't. No, he was just being sexy hot guy with a yeah. suit coat with no shirt on. Yeah, cool. You can pull that off. Yeah, fine. You I, could pull I can it too. I can too. So could you, buddy. I mean, I can pull off any code I put on, but no one wants to see that. Um, what do so, you think about this, Brad? Uh, no, it was it was a really nice monologue. I, I really liked, uh, you know, how uh, genuine it was, how endearing it was, and it was just, yeah, it was just really really sweet. And again, he he had a. You could tell that he really is kind of shy because he did have a quiet confidence about him as opposed to like being out there being like, hey, I'm hosting SNL and I am da da da. Like he, he carries himself very well. He was very composed. He didn't he didn't seem nervous. He seemed shy though. And that that, that came through. And yeah. so yeah. It was believable. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are differences in confidence earned, right? He has had to earn his confidence. Um and he did, but like you said, 
it, it's not like the three of us jokers that get up and we have not earned our confidence. We just we just owned it. it. Yeah. Um, no, I love the idea that he he clearly uh, meant what he said, and his mom would be proud of him. He knows that he it broke him up a little bit, and it was very very adorable, honestly. But also. I'm the one on this show that always says, you know, I watch that monologue to see how I think the host is going to do. And I'm like, man, did he find a cheat code for getting everybody on his side? Because, like, that's the way to do it, you yeah. know, like a little dirty secret there. Hey, make people love you in the monologue and, you know, they're going to root for you the entire time and laugh maybe when they, maybe when you didn't earn it, you know? So that set us up for what I thought was going to be, yeah, all right, I'm going to root for this guy. And then, then, the, then the wheels fell off. All right, moving on. The Phrase That Pays, written by Jake Norblin and Ken Sublett. Uh, three game show contestants, Austin Butler, Punky Johnson, and Heidi Gardner, compete with our while Butler's character magically knows all the answers. James Austin Johnson plays the game show host. Uh, Brad, James Austin Johnson versus Keenan as game show host. Who do you like better? Keenan's more fun. James Austin Johnson. Feels like he skews more towards the Bill Hader style of uh, yes. of, of show host, which I still like because uh, he has a different kind of he has like a real game show host voice, and so I I, I like him in that role. Keenan uh, can save a sketch though, yes, right, as a game show host. Yes, that's true. Um, I did I did like the, the delivery of when they said so. It's basically wheel of fortune on the wheel. He's like, that's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of this sketch? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not going to talk about escalation because that's not really what this was about for me, like the why it didn't necessarily work, um, even though that is a problem with it, like it didn't really go anywhere. But it, it wasn't necessarily for lack of escalation. It was just that the bit got so old so quick that I was just left with like, what are we doing here? Like yeah. I just didn't understand it, and it just it wasn't very clever either. No, like exactly, even even the ultimate ending of where like like he, what he says ends up being the puzzle. Like it's not that funny, you know. It's, it's like we always, talk, we always talk about the other thing is like the the grounded nature of it. Where yeah, in, in the real world, is this a believable enough premise? Yeah, and it's and this isn't at all. Yeah, there's something there's something about the logic of like that being the ultimate ending that just like it didn't make sense to me. Like I was like 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 why like is like it's it's not nonsensical enough. To feel to to like to be that funny and worth doing, but it's also not like alternative enough to make sense in a nonsensical way. If that makes sense. No, no, seriously, that's exactly how I would put it, which is weird. But that's you know, actually, that I'm looking at my board, and that's exactly what. The nah. answer was, so congratulations. Uh, I I also Nate? I also felt so you've got you've got four characters in this, right? Uh, for almost five, because the board is almost a character in this sketch, right? But you've got four characters. Three of them are contestants. I, I I don't know what Punky Johnson was doing in this sketch to add to the comedy, right? She's playing the straight person a little bit, right? A little bit. She offended. said, "Mama." Yeah, but that that didn't add any comedy. Heidi had one good joke about the ex, but then wore it out, right? And so it, it just like you said, th there was no escalation, but there was also just not a lot of. Humor, like there was a the, couple good jokes. There were a couple times where I'm like, okay, Heidi, like when there you was know, an actually an X in it, yeah, was like, actually that's one of the only times I laughed. Yeah, and I also I actually really liked when Austin Butler uh, said he said I'll, I'll do a B because I'm a, a bad bitch, you know. <laughs> and she's like, what? Yeah, there were those little moments in it, right? But like overall, what are we doing here? Yeah, the whole time, what are we doing here? It yeah, was there a way? Do you think? to save this sketch in the premise it was at, or it just not a funny enough premise? Do you think? I'm, yeah, I, I never. I'm not, I'm not an SNL writer. Like I, I, what? I do. Since when? Since when? I do consider myself to be a, a funny person. I'll be confident enough to say that. Uh, but like, I don't necessarily know like the way to fix this sketch. You know, I, I just recognize that it's not particularly funny. Yeah. 
Now, me, on the other hand, I have about a list of <laughs> nine things we could have done. Number one, Keenan as the host, not James Dawson, whatever I, his I, name I, is. I, I actually I'm wonder just, if that would have helped uh, because joking. he, again, James Dawson Johnson is fine here, but there wasn't enough comedy and Keenan could save a little bit of it, maybe. Um, you know what I, a, fun, a fun idea might be is where the puzzles uh, reveal things about the contestants that are secrets and that they don't want out there. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, that could have been something. Or yeah, the like puzzles that. are literally the last thing that was uh, like you said, that all three of them are cheating on their spouses. Yeah, and it's the last text message that they sent to the spouse, the the mistress or Mister or whatever. That would be really funny. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny because then they get yeah. incredulously reactive, like, "Wait, how did you get this?" I don't um, know. I and, why and, would that and be? And my, one of the contestants like, looking really guilty, right? Okay, <laughs> like, guys, <laughs> and then one of it, like one of them really leaned into it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Cuts to a spouse in the crowd just looking sheepish. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, Leslie Jones, when they would cut to her in the crowd as the disappointed wife. That's, yeah. She, that was, that was some of her best yeah, reactions yeah, right yeah. there, yeah. All right, moving on. Pre-tape, a Christmas epiphany written by Andrew Dismukes and only Andrew Dismukes. A man played by <laughs> Austin Butler now. is seen by a family uh, played by Heidi Gardner, Andrew Dismukes, Sarah Sherman, and Marcelo Hernandez. Um, Austin Butler has a great James Stewart-esque presence, silver screen. When I saw him in this, I'm like, oh, he, he seems classically beautiful. I was like, like, I was like why is James Franco in this sketch? <laughs> uh, Yuck. It, it, uh, no, no, he just looked like him. Yuck. Okay, you know what? I actually uh, genuinely really enjoyed this. I thought it was funny. You love Christmas movies, I do. Uh, uh, Marcelo Hernandez made me laugh a lot in this. Uh, uh, Dad, I, I think he wants to kill me. That line just got me. Like, uh, the nervous there. <laughs> so this th- this is this is a playoff of a real thing for me. So, you know, y- you get married. I have kids. Um and sometimes there's noises, right? I live in a 165 year old house. Sometimes there's noises. Or my I'm wife, all, and also, I'm a, I'm outside your window a lot. Yeah, and my wife will wake up and be like, "Hey, did you hear that? You know, go check it out. <laughs> go check it out." And, and like, I, I feel like, okay, so I have to do that. I don't want to do You're that. You're six five. I know, but there's monsters out there, right? <laughs> and so yeah. it's like so. Yes. I, there's monsters. So I got to go do it, right? And I'm like, I'm just gonna call my dad or something. <laughs> and so you go out there and you're like, oh, I got this, I got this. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, Oh, I hope I don't. Just up here, you're just like hyping your uh, yourself up in a 165 year old hallway. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could do this thing. Yeah. You could do. It. I'm coming down now. <laughs> Nobody better be down there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what did you guys think of this? Did you like it? Uh, let's start with you, Brad. Uh, I felt like it went on a little too long. I, I really liked the first half, and I thought it was funny, and then I felt like it kind of overstayed its welcome a little bit. I do always appreciate uh, when a sketch like this, though, puts a lot of effort into the production design and really does an incredible job emulating what it's doing a parody It of. had a feel to it, right? Yeah, yeah it really did. Um, and I, I always I like when they do that, I appreciate it, but I just feel like maybe they were a little bit too... Uh, I don't know, dedicated to that to realize that the sketch they were doing probably could have been trimmed up a little bit. All right. What about you, bro? No, no. It's the same thing. Um, th- when when they're, uh, the family in Will Ferrell and Anna Gasteyer's and um, uh, Chris Kattan's sketch, uh, I drive a Dodge Stratus. I'm an important man at work. Yeah. When the family's cutting the food. Where you hear the glass or the you know, scraping clink, over it. Yeah. That, that immediately came to mind when they cut to the family that was trying to keep it together. Um, unlike that sketch with Will Ferrell, that even though it went on pretty long, it's still and they didn't really escalate. They just kept doing the same thing. It was still very funny yeah. because of the the change ups of what they were actually saying. Yeah, 
this time when they were changing up what they were actually saying, they weren't escalating, but it also wasn't getting funnier. Right. And so that's what, again, that, and it, it, it speaks to the problem of it being too long. Also, what the hell was the ending? Yeah. That was so bad. Yeah, Talk about not knowing how to end a sketch. Yeah. They you took a rough. character that wasn't at all doing anything like that and they threw Mikey Day up against the glass like it's all sexual. That wasn't the bit. What happened? Yeah, there? that that was a. Uh, I'll give you that. That was a weird ending. Uh, see, but no. I, okay, so sorry. Where, where it I, sounded like I was only shitting. I also really enjoyed the production value, and when they cut inside the very first time, and they could see him, I laughed yeah. hard. I was like, "Oh my god, that's really funny." I think Andrew Dismukes, if we were able to ask him, I think he's also playing on some tropes in classic Christmas movies. Oh, for sure. The idea of looking into windows is a thing. Right? Oh yeah. Um, and so, but you know, you, you've got these, you know, looking in the window and you see a reflection yeah nobody talks about that there's somebody else there that can actually see you respond so, and so i that 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 idea of playing on the trope but actually what's on the other side of the window i, I thought you, it was clever brad do you think that the reason it went on too long is because because they spent all that time and effort building the set they're like this is we, we gotta make it, it worth this, it. exactly this is worth it we're maybe, gonna keep going maybe i agree though the ending didn't need it didn't, no i honestly just didn't need also happen. by the, the way the sketch was not as we've just very clearly said we're not uh, funny writers. I don't know how you do end that. You maybe you just do uh, the end. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need to be. <sighs> I don't know. So weird. I, I don't know if every sketch needs to end on a laugh either. Right. Right. Um, so they they start the sketch with um, Austin Butler's character D Denise was her name, I think. Maybe the the character. You know what happened to you and this girl, whatever. I forget what her name is. And then she comes in at the end, and you know Mikey Day's an angel. These kind of things. End on a happy note. It, Andrew just like, stands up, does his big boy yeah, dance, yeah, you, know, you know, and then the wife makes fun of him a little bit. Oh, that's right. Or rolls and then, her eyes. And, and then clap, clap, then clap. I mean, fade to black or come something. On. Come on, yeah. Brad. Write better. All right. All right. Moving <laughs> on. Marzipan, written by Allison Gates and Ken Sublet. Marzipan. An advertisement <laughs> wow. reveals the real sweet treat. Children yearn for during the holidays with Keenan Thompson, Chloe Feynman, Marcelo Hernandez, Austin Butler, Sarah Sherman, and Bowen Yang. What the hell was this? What was this? You know, conceptually, I, I understand what they're trying to do with do this ya? sketch. Because I've always had this kind of perspective of marzipan where, like, <laughs> I don't know why it's so prevalent in, like, candies and especially Christmas candies no, you and stuff like that. about that. I genuinely have. No, I mean, uh, hold on. Look at Brad's junk on Instagram. Is a thing. Uh -huh. He, if anybody's gonna think about that, it's yeah, Brad. I, I don't, I don't get marzipan. Not, it's, it's I, I, I don't. So I, I, I conceptually, I like the idea of the sketch. Is How it just crushed up almonds? Pretty much, it's like an yeah. almond paste. Yeah. yeah, with sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm honestly, I don't know. No, it, yeah. this this sketch is very accurate. <laughs> no, they were real marzipan treats. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can they, people do shape it. So they put them in a different thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they do tons of stuff with that, like that. It's um, but like it's just it just went on. It didn't. It was this was only like a four minute sketch, but it felt like it went on way too long. The one part that I thought was particularly funny though, well, I thought Keenan Thompson was pretty good uh, uh, in the sketch. Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang. The parts where they cut to him and he was just squealing like chaotically. It really, like, made, me, it really made me I laugh. laughed yeah, so hard I at really that. Did. And uh, Keenan almost, you know, he almost yeah, lost yeah. character it there. Had no, you could have put Bone Yang's reaction in any sketch and like that and I'd laugh. Yeah. And so the fact that this was a terrible sketch and yep. yet that made, I mean, it made it even better. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. awesome. That that for me, though, is the byproduct of Bowen being Bowen, Bowen yeah. not a byproduct of a good, no, well-written no. uh, sketch. So. It was fucking weird. It was just weird. 
Um, moving on, Jewish Elvis, written by Dan Bullitt and Sarah Sherman. A Jewish Elvis, played by Sarah Sherman. Ben, why are you making his face? Elderly citizens, Austin yeah. Butler, Cecily Strong, Ego Nowodim, and one of their grandchildren, Chloe Feynman Watson. According to the SNL Network Twitter page, Jewish Elvis, uh, that sketch was originally cut at dress rehearsal from the Miles Teller Kendrick Lamar episode. So they've had this in their pocket. For quite some time, and it should have stayed there. And they no, decided, oh man, I am so glad that they saved it because this, what? I, I love this sketch. Austin Butler, first of all, was hilarious in this sketch. Oh, he was great. See, he was seeing great. him in drag, the way he was acting, like like just uh, you know, a kind of a, a prototypical Jewish mother. The way he pulled off his underwear no, and threw it. I will give him that. Sarah Sherman as Jewish Elvis. Hilarious to was me. Was it though? I yes. Thought, yeah. I thought at times See, it was know. like Italian Elvis. Like it didn't feel no, this is, so this, stereotypically. This is, yeah, no, it is a stereotypical cliche. That's the whole idea of it. It's I know. This, I just it didn't it didn't feel enough to also, me. Also, I don't disagree that it was a stereotypical Jewish Elvis. It absolutely was, but it wasn't funny. I thought it was hilarious. Really? I, I genuinely love this sketch. I thought it was so funny. Is I it because okay, like do, do it. you have a lot of medicine in you? No, I had zero medicine in me. And you still thought it was funny? I, yeah, I was I was laughing very hard. The especially with the stuff with Austin Butler and Cecily Strong and uh Ego Nuotum and the way Chloe Feynman was like reacting because she didn't get it. And I, I I liked it. I thought it was really funny. All right. Okay. Fuck you guys. No, I mean hey, hey, you, hey, you, you, you do you, you, you can do yeah, you. You know, Adam Sandler's still making movies yeah, and people are like, Halloween's one of your and, top ten. You know? I, I love it. I didn't realize anti Semitism was this rampant. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. It's finally. It's finally reached you guys. All right. So, <laughs> weekend update. Uh, weekend update. Anchors Colin Jost and Michael Che tackle the week's biggest news, like Marjorie Ta- Marjorie Taylor Greene complaining. I'm sorry. That- can we go back? <laughs> You're telling me that you didn't think it was funny when Austin Butler and Cecily Strong were yelling at Bonnie and calling him fat. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Th- I thought okay. that was fat shaming. <laughs> no, there were. Absolutely funny parts. Of it. This is not the worst catch tonight. No. There, him in drag was was really funny. I I honestly just didn't get the the Jewish Elvis thing, like the the things that he was she as he was saying. He was being a like, he was I being get it, being like a, like a schmaltz like a, like a, a prototypical like cheesy Jewish comedian I, as Elvis. I know, but that's not necessarily funny. So there needs to be something to happen on top of it. He's, he's performing for old women in like a, a Las Vegas showroom stage that is in a nursing home. I, yeah, I, yeah, but but it was clear they were like, yeah, very... but I mean, these blue suede shoes, am I right? And it's like, okay, and then what's the joke? Like, because that's the setup. So what's the punchline? And there was just like the punchline is, like, oh, I'm getting wet. I thought it was so funny. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know. I agree. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Not sure why we had to go back and revisit that one, but <laughs> all right, weekend update. Weekend update anchors Colin Jost and Michael Che tackle. Wait a minute, you know what? Let's go back to the <laughs> tackle the news. Uh, the week's biggest news, like Marjorie Taylor Greene complaining that people can buy sex toys at Target, something Ben has known for a long time, and a humpback whale traveling three thousand miles with a broken spine. Um, to be fair, anything at Target can be a sex toy. Also, you can buy sex toys at Speedway, so. Is that true? true? Yeah, have you ever used a five hour energy? Oh boy. Hey-o. So uh I'm gonna guess again as we ask Brad each week if there was enough chemistry between and Here's the here's a new one. I don't know this week. I, oh I I, 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 I do. Let me wait, wait, wait. Oh. I do. Brad? There wasn't enough. Correct. And honestly <laughs> You were so quick to point out, like correct. Uh, honestly, 
Colin Jost is depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, what? I, yeah. No, you oh, didn't realize word. this. Wa- watch Colin. Go back and watch Weekend Update. Watch Colin Jost. He's he bar- oh, he barely cracks a smile. He's he's Cecily so strong. serious throughout the entire thing. He's not reacting to any jokes. He's just he's, sad about his, his delivery is very deadpan. Like it's it's he's not himself. No, he he was he seemed very yeah. and uh, I, serious and a bit almost unhappy. Yeah, and, and I thought I assumed it was because Cecily Strong was leaving, and because especially because it seemed like it was kind of a surprise to everybody. Uh, and you really see it uh, when we, we'll get to when we talk to it is in the farewell. He looks so sad he during, during, during the yeah. goodbyes. Like he's he's genuinely depressed. So is it? Oh, are we breaking news here that Cecily Strong and Colin Jost are having an affair? No, I think they are very very close. Yeah, though. I think I think they've been friends for a long time. They've both they, been on the show forever. So yeah, they can, yes. and, and at one time they were obviously good enough friends that they felt like they could collaborate and do Weekend Update, yep. even though she didn't stick around, you know, yep. and do Not it. So hearing a no. <laughs> Boy. I will so. say this though, Michael Che looked like he was having fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael just like fuck that bitch, I'm out. Like he didn't care. Uh, no, he just seemed like he was. No, there, there was some, Michael Che. Some some great jokes that they had, you know. And and again, Colin Jones had a couple good jokes, but when he looks so sad, it's hard to laugh. Yeah. So you know? <laughs> I have a feeling that they were everyone. Everyone was like, "Hey, Colin, I, I really think we should cut the broken spine whale joke." Because it's just, it's almost punching down on an animal. It's a bad joke. It, it, it's not funny. It, it, it really is. It's it's making fun of an animal that is in pain and abused. And he's like, that's how I feel this week. Leave it in. Damn. Dark. Seriously. I mean, that joke was horribly dark and not needed at all. Yeah. Well, so weird. There's usually You haven't even those. seen Avatar The Way of the Water yet, and you are just like all in on, on whale stuff. What? You, it's like, if you, okay, switch the animal. It's a broken spine dog that walked the nation. Well, you can't pick dogs. And 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 here and here and here's dogs. And here's the audio. Sympathetic for everybody. And here's the audio. Should we be sympathetic of whales too? No. You'd listen to that, be like, oh my god, what a what a stupid fucking dog with a broken spine. What the joke was? That's the worst joke I've ever heard on Weekend Update. Here's the thing: the joke wasn't great because, like, it just felt like this wasn't a great joke. Using the old audio file just didn't really seem like it was worth doing that that joke, regardless of the whales. All right, hey, save the whales. We've got three bits to get by for weekend updates. Okay, so we sorry, I'm sorry. By. Okay, Mr. Time Sensitive. All right, uh, Krampus on kidnapping naughty children, written by <laughs> Will Steven and Bowen Yang. Krampus, played by Bowen Yang, stops by weekend update to discuss his job kidnapping and punishing bad children for Christmas. Um, yes. There, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My culture is not your costume. Uh, Dude, he's falling apart. Uh, Bowen Yang just crushed it. He, he's funny. Um, I I didn't think this was Bone Yang's best weekend no, update. No, but it but, didn't matter. It was so good. But yeah, his recovery uh, from the costume yeah, malfunction yeah, exactly. made it that much funnier, and it was it was it added a layer that like should have been an intentional joke, oh, but became God. one of the funnier bits because it was. They needed that to happen. Yeah. Well, it, it was. It's not like it was it, floundering. It was horribly, one of the only but, times that I I saw Colin Jones seemed to actually yeah. Let go a little bit and have a little fun. Like he just again, and that not that you know. I I, I read the Reddit thread and people are like, is there something going on? I don't think something's going on with Conchos. I think he was just sad. I yeah, think. that's exactly. Yeah. Your your best one of your best friends in the entire world yep. is is leaving your show, and you just kind of it kind of hit you probably ten minutes before air. Yep. Granted, I feel like maybe he could like suck it up a little bit because he's married to Scarlett Johansson. Also, you're a professional on Weekend Update, and you're a professional comedy writer, so maybe just stop being a piece of shit. No, I, of course. We I would think, do the same thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll We're talk a little just, bit just joking. Paul Colin Joe said to go home and cry on the shoulder of Scarlett Johansson in his bed. All right. 
Moving on, Colin's Great Aunt Pat on Holiday Etiquette, written by Jimmy Fowley, Heidi Gardner, um, and I think it's Sierra O'Sullivan or Kara. I'm sorry. Now um, let's let's do a real, just a real deep dive into this one, guys. Let's spend oh, an no. inordinate amount of time here. Ben was sitting there wishing that he was Mikey Day throughout I his entire sketch. Absolutely was, and not just not for not for the lipstick. Obviously not for lipstick. I was talking about the penis tickling. Okay. So oh, did that's, you guys? That's what she was doing. Did you find the boops on the gooch weird? The, <laughs> the boops on the gooch. Okay, first of all, okay. Well, hold on. I know that you're a pastorate. And for so a second, you, I thought you said boobs on the gooch, and I was like, <laughs> "What no, are you talking calls, about?" She calls it a boop on a gooch. Yeah, but again, uh, the, the gooch is not what she was touching. What's, what's no, but that's what that is what she said. I know. Call it, but yeah, yeah, yeah just, that's definitely not the gooch. I want to just make very clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I mean, but because. It, 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 it got like, it got aggressive. It, it got aggressive. It, like it, it was funny at the first time, and then I'm like, okay, come on now. No, no, I thought it was. No, like, I, thought I thought it was, it was hilarious yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. I think that these were. Th- this- I mean, there were people that would be like, come on, she's making light of sexual assault here, right? Online, I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. No, but not at I all. I wouldn't go that far at all. Uh, this is hilarious because these are professional, funny people that love each other. Clearly, having so much fun. Yeah, and if you know that part of it, then you're going to give all the carte blanche to them to do what you know, whatever yeah. you want. Which which we all do know and love, so we're like, yeah, this is hilarious. The her accent, by the way, whatever the fuck that was, yeah, was amazing. So you like this as a whole? I really did. I didn't yeah. love this. I I thought, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought there were some funny parts in it. I just didn't. I didn't get it. Like I, I, I think that I was just kind of maybe in the mood to watch Friends having a good time. And honestly, because that's what this was. If you take it on its face value, is it a good sketch? If these are strangers and you don't, know well, it's not a sketch at all. It's just a bit. You know what I mean? Uh, but you, it doesn't have the same effect whatsoever. Skip boy. Colin. Co- Colin. No, I thought it was very funny. Yeah, it's good. All right, moving on. Kathy Ann says goodbye for now. Written by Cecily Strong, Ked Sublet. Kathy Ann, a famous character played by Cecily Strong, stops by a weekend update to reflect on her time on Saturday Night Live. That is a spicy meatball. Uh, did anybody else just automatically assume that by the end of the sketch, the cigarette would be lit? No. So I did. I didn't. No, I didn't. No. I said it out loud to Bailey. I said, I paused it. I said, okay, she's going to light you, the cigarette. You're better than us. I know. I'm, I'm putting it up. I want to know. Joe Wicker, big fan of the show. Uh, Joe, did you think she was going to light the cigarette? I just want to know. I didn't. What would you guys think of this bit? Uh, and of course, it's, uh, you know, Kathy Ann is one of Cecily Strong's most reliable characters. Uh, she's she's hilarious. It's the one. one she of was the getting one... emotional a couple times, though, I could tell. Oh, for oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and plus you have the moment where she like drops fu- the full on breaks yeah. character yeah. and like, you know, is herself and then goes back to being Kathy Ann. And so, yeah, it was a great way for her to say goodbye, doing it with one of her uh, best original characters. I will say I, I wish that we had gotten more of the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party in recent years, but that was a character she kind of left behind. It's one of my favorite. It yeah. is. I, I just love that character. Yeah, but no, this was, uh, you know, a, a perfect way for her to uh, go out on her own own terms at, you know, at the Weekend Update desk where she did a lot of great stuff. All right, moving on. White Elephant, written by Alex English and Gary Richardson. Things don't go as expected during a White Elephant gift exchange at a holiday party. It stars Austin Butler, Cecily Strong, Heidi Gardner, Andrew DeSmukes, Egon Wodum, Devin Walker, and Mikey Day, who plays Santa Claus. I want to say this unequivocally. I loathe White Elephant exchanges. Uh-huh. I hate fun, though. Yeah, I, I was just in part of one on Saturday night, and I, I had a great time. Yeah, no, I hate fun. So I don't love them. Um, but I have this thing where I don't like to open presents in front of people. So steal. 
well, you still have to open it eventually. No, it's already open. It's open. I know, but I just I don't like I don't like that process. I don't like it. So, but I did like Austin Butler in this sketch. I thought yeah. he did some funny things in this sketch. I think this sketch had a lot of potential if they would have taken it in what a different you, how direction. How would you have wrote it? Yeah, Brad. Yeah. So ba- basically, I, it feels like that. It feels like that they made they made a change to end the sketch early, and that's why they cut to Mikey Day as Santa Claus, which was a, an awful, terrible ending. It felt abrupt. It felt sudden. Um, those two words mean the same thing. And <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, because I, 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 I liked where I, I wanted it to continue and for every gift to get open and have it be an asteroid and have him be <laughs> yeah. equally like, oh my God, guys, this is like, I, like I, I his reaction like was so it fun was to me. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. so, so genuine and yeah. just like the way he was so and like passionate about how, how yeah. much he likes the guys. This is even better. You know? So the, the first one that he opens, right. And, and the, the, I think the joke is going to be, of course, what we all thought. He's so impassioned about this first one, and now the sketch is he's pissed yeah. uh, for the rest of the time. Of course, they were very, very funny when they wrote this thing, and the next one is even better, exactly. whatever. And that's just, that's the kind of escalation that sketch always needs. And again, I wish they would have kept going, yeah. but yeah, it ended so halt haltedly. Because I, I loved the, the the aside, too, that they had. That I, I feel like they could have kept going, too, when he was like, no, you're gonna. You need that candle because we, we all know your house smells. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the ridiculously honest, you know, yeah, true to life. You know, oh man. But yeah, it just and, and all of a sudden it just like totally his character de- derailed. though. His character, his character work was yeah excellent. In and this it, sketch. it felt like he had momentum, and then all of a sudden, nope, yep. sketch is over. Now, do you think they did that because they were pushed for time and they made a change? I honestly, to me, that's how it felt. I feel like that they they had to cut this one short, and this was the way that they figured out to quote unquote fix it. Also, uh. For some reason, this episode of our show right now, we we are really diving into how we would make these sketches better, and and in no way, shape, or form, Word are, are we Word are, are we saying anything about the writing staff or anything like that? Because as we all know, they're putting this together in a week. It is some of the best and brightest minds in comedy right now. All compliments to them. It's why I read we their names mon- honestly on the sketches because I, I do respect the writers we almost to, more than cast members. We, we get the show. Monday morning quarterback the yeah. shit out of the yeah. show, and how dare us honestly propose fixes for this? I'm sure they're sitting around the next day about oh, what we could have done. Yeah, motherfucker, if I would have had time, but you know, wardrobe had already made the costume that way, and we couldn't. Ch- you know, there's so many parameters. Yeah, we're, not, we're not discussing here. I just wanted to point that out. The sketches but, were trash, though. <laughs> but sometimes I do watch Steven Spielberg movies and say, "This is what this is how Steven should have made a good film." Yeah, honestly, I, I well, I say that all the time. I mean, that is my job. It's <laughs> true. All right, uh, moving on. Jennifer Coolidge is impressed by Christmas stuff, written by Mike Desenzo, Chloe Feynman, and Jake Nordwin. Jennifer Coolidge, played by Chloe Feynman, of course, talks about Christmas. Uh, it also stars Michael Longfellow and Punky Johnson. So Chloe Feynman does a Jennifer Coolidge impression it's very right. very good it is good it is it's it's good and jennifer Coolidge is having a moment right now because of white yeah. lotus white lotus yeah is, and that is great and also she's in a bunch of old navy oh, commercials know, yeah and, and also she was stifler's mom it's good she point. was it's a good point so this i is a, didn't this is a didn't cross, love this this, this is a cross section of of two things great impression and time is right and so they did it this would have been funnier they need if to? it was actually jennifer coolidge I thought so doing too. this yep i thought so too but having her just act like jennifer coolidge and do things that jennifer coolidge actually probably would say in a funny scenario yeah it didn't feel like a sketch really Which i did see jennifer coolidge tweet that 
you know, she finally got on SNL because she actually auditioned many times to get If on anything, SNL. that's what this made me think. I was like, wait a minute, why hasn't Jennifer Coolidge hosted SNL? That would yeah, be hilarious. Be amazing. Yeah, I would love to see that after the first of the year because she is having a moment. So. Also, I so much like SNL has having a problem writing political stuff, are they having a problem like using impressions in a good in an in a in a an approachable and comedic way? Because all the sketches lately have been like, ooh, do that one. Yeah, it is sometimes. What, what is going on? It does feel like sometimes that, hey, you do this impression. And we're just going to let you do the impression, but we're not going to write anything. I think yeah. that's always been a problem at SNL, though. Sometimes you have somebody who has a good impression, and you try and figure out a way to use it, and it doesn't always work very well. Like, how many talk shows have they given to celebrities, you know, because they someone can do an impression of them, you know? But again... I'm this is the time I'm okay with SNL repeating shit like have a celebrity family feud or celebrity jeopardy or have the auditions for things. Well, that's like, different. Those formulas are okay, but like that's what I'm saying. Like do that instead. Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. The, 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 this is. This I is, think they've actually done auditions is, at holiday episodes as well. This is that uh, without the structure or narrative of, of multiple people doing multiple impressions. Yeah. So you're taking. One one of them, like like let's say you took Bill Hader and said, "Hey, uh, instead of Alan Alda being one of the people that does, that uh, that is trying to start try out for Star Wars, let's have him just only host a Star Wars retrospective." Exactly the yeah. whole time for five minutes. What are we doing? Yeah, I I don't understand why. And again, we're again we're we're coming up with different ideas, but like why this wasn't a thing where it's like a Jennifer Coolidge Christmas special and like she has guests and you have other people come in and do impressions. I as don't well. understand. Yeah. All right, moving on. A lot on. left on the table on that one. Moving yeah. on, please don't destroy, guys. Uh, wrote a, a sketch called Plurts, written by Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. The boys create a shirt made of plastic, pitching the idea to first-time host Austin Butler. New, new cast members Devin Walker and Marcelo Hernandez join in on the fun, as does musical guest Lizzo. Uh, you guys know that I am huge fans of So please we're going to start with you. Oh, I, 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 I laughed. I laughed a lot. Where um, does this rank? If if there have been ten of these now, where is this in your in your? And there has been ten, I think. Uh, is this in your top five? Would that be? The, I, I would put it probably in the middle. Okay. Um, I think it's towards the top of the middle. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. It, it's it's certainly a good one. I, I laughed yeah. actually quite a bit at this. Um, I love the Lizzo again. That uh, Lizzo and Martin. Hey, Hurley, we all love the Lizzo. Uh, well, that that kind of weird sexual tension that they yep. they oh, play yeah. on. Yeah, uh, that makes me laugh. Again, it's just they're they are they are masters at escalation, and so yeah. and doing it economically. Yep, and so it's so good. It, I just I, again, even when it's not great, I still like it. No, the, I don't know if you can tell overall. I didn't really love this episode. There wasn't a lot to write home about. So I was except when, for Jewish Elvis. When I saw uh, a "Please Don't Destroy" video, I, I breathed a, a, a sigh of relief. I was like, "Oh, thank God!" This one you could trust. Yeah, them, this one's probably going to be pretty good. Okay, well, finally something good. Because honestly, other than the couple of bits that we can update, oof, all day. No, the episode overall was was not fantastic. But this "Please Don't Destroy," "Please Don't Destroy" sketch, I thought was very funny. Yeah, I, I especially liked Austin Butler in it too because. As the sketch went on, it went from him being like kind of like serious Austin Butler to him getting more and more like in disbelief and like yelling. He's like, well, like what what's going on? Right. It starts off with like, guys, I don't I don't know that I would actually do something yeah. like this. To like, like, You're dating what? Lizzo? What? Like, yeah. Escalation again. They again, are really good at it. It that, but again, there's something about Austin Butler that he can play endearing 
characters, even in sketches, where it is I like a him. James Stewart type of endearing guy, him. where it's like you just you believe him, and 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 when he seems outraged, you're like, oh oh my word, why is he outraged? You know, yeah. so uh, I, no. I really I really think he brought good sketch. All right, <laughs> whoa, <coughs> it snuck up on me. Wow, just make sure the next time you do it right into the microphone instead of just to the side of the mic, okay? Want to make sure you hold on to that for later. It, it shot out. I knew yeah. it was coming, and I had to like. No, no, I say that it. to Bailey all the time. Ew, he's talking about his jizz peen. No, I cough a lot. Oh, oh my god, jeez. Moving on. Finally, Blue Christmas, written by Colin Jost, Will Steven, and Ken Sublett. Uh, sung by Austin Butler and several cast members, uh, pay tribute to the departing cast member Cecily Strong. They start this in a um, what, what are they? Radio Shack. A radio Shack. And obviously, do you think they wrote a sketch and then they just decided to do this instead? I, feel I like, thought it was a weird. I kind feel of like a, set design was like we worked all week on this, yes. and they're like, you know what? You know what? We're still going to use it. <laughs> Becky, don't quit. Becky, hey, don't quit. Stay, get back here. No, you don't even know what it, we're going to do. It did feel a little weird to me because I don't think they needed to. I think they yeah. could have came out and just done it. And, you know, On like, stage, poinsettias everywhere. You do, know, do, do the Christian Wiggins send off. The cast members, we, we threw our money together. We couldn't get you real Elvis, but we got you this guy kind of thing. So I felt like there was a sketch somewhere there that they cut and said, we're going to do this, right? Uh, Colin Jost is part of one of the writers of this, so this is partly his idea, and I don't know if this is a late His depression writer. came through, for sure. Um, well, what was interesting, did you see when he came and sang, Cecily Strong lit up, because yeah. I think he doesn't obviously want to well, sing. Well, no, God, no. Um, and she just lit up, and, and it, I thought that was very endearing, because she was so excited to see and him And I sing. guess I just, you know, I, I host an SNL podcast, but I, I feel Wait, like what, dumbass. Which one? Uh, it's called the, the One to Ten. Okay. Uh, it's, it's the sketch that happens one minute to midnight. Uh, I didn't know that they were that close. I just didn't know that Cecily yeah. Strong and, and Colin Jost were that close. Yeah, uh, clearly off air, real friends, real life. So I'm watching this episode going like, yeah, it's a little weird that Colin's a little upset. Like, what's going on? And then now I'm like, oh, that's why. And yeah. again, I, I don't know, not to psychoanalyze what's happening for Colin Jost, but you know, he's been on the show forever. I mean, just, I, I didn't realize it was like 2006 he came on the show. Yeah. Um, as a writer first for many years and then became a cast member. And so all of the people, you you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever worked in a job before where it's like all the people you genuinely love working with are gone. Yeah. And so, not that you don't like the new people, but those aren't the old people. Yeah. You and know, so, I mean, the old guard now, it's it's him and Trey and Keenan. And yep. that's that's it, you know? Like, the, it's, uh, the rest of them are a lot younger and newer, so. And they're great, and I'm sure he loves them. Yeah. But they're not, you know. Because, you, you know, Mikey Day's been there for, what, five years now? Something like that. Five, so, six years. But, yeah, because yeah, he, he came with Alex Moffat. Now, yeah, Alex Moffat, I think, was Alex Yeah, so, so even for a guy like Mikey Day, you know, that's still, he's a young pup compared to Colin Yeah, Jost. of course. Like I said, I didn't realize that he had been there for that long. I, I thought it was, again, really endearing to see some of the cast members. Keenan was clearly upset. Um, and I'll read for in a second Cecily's Instagram post because she mentions Keenan specifically um, in, in the post or one of the comments. But uh, and uh, Do you think... Che and or Jost leave at the end of the season? I do. No. You don't I, think so? I, I nope. do. I uh, No. God, no. They're both staying till 50. No, I think they leave. Nope. I don't know. I think that there's a potential for them to stay until 50 just because I don't think 
Lorne wants to try it and get a new weekend update, like exactly team in there before they get to the the, the I think that milestone anniversary. But I also thought that a lot more cast members were going to stick around until fifty, and we've lost nine now. Yeah, we've lost a ton. Sure, I, I just think that I thought Cecily would stay. Honestly, yeah, the, I did. the core the core uh, weekend update guys though that that's a very important uh, linchpin for the show. Yeah, and I feel like he will do like Lorne, and and you're right, they might leave, but he will do everything in his power to keep them. Until yeah, they're and, and their jobs are easier now. They're not head writers, right? And so. And that probably was part of the deal. Like, hey, yeah, you know what? why don't we guys not be head writers? We'll take the stress away. You guys can just do weekend update until 50, and then, you're, then you guys can do it. Or have fun if you want to write sketch, yeah, write exactly. sketch. And um, honestly, it but looks that, good. that's why I always, or that's why I've been thinking they're going to leave in that. Yeah. Their jobs is, you know, essentially, here's a, give me a transition year where I can replace you. You know, stay maybe around just, the cast. I'm saying because I don't want it to happen. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and maybe that's why Colin Joseph is sad, though, because again, he's he's not leaving, right? There's no there's no exit for him. He's staying. Not that he's sad to stay at SNL, but you know, again, another friend's going, and he's not. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and all he has is Scarlett Johansson to go home to. I feel yeah. like Michael Che has a has a more burgeoning career outside of SNL that he would he would be the one that would be the the reason that they would both leave. Yeah, well, Michael Che is also a stand-up com- comic, right? But yeah, no, I mean, he's got more prospects outside of the show, meaning I've seen him do more things. But but again, though, Colin Jost has what again? Uh, say that again, Brad? It's Colin Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> again, but he doesn't really, career-wise, I mean, he's probably going to write movies or direct, right? He's not going but to star in anything. Brad, what they're does he gonna, have? They're not going to Jimmy Fallon it where he's like, taxi. All right, Yuck. so I wanted to read. Uh, Is it called taxi? Yeah. Yeah, Cecily was. Strong did write on Instagram after the show. This is what she said. My heart is bursting. I have a lot of big, big huge, life-changing love to unpack, so this is what I can say tonight. Ten and a half years ago, I got my dream job. The first actual work day, I tried to be very cool and make it look like I knew what I was doing and I was supposed to be there. I left that night around 11 after saying goodbye to everyone. I got stuck wandering around the building because none of the elevators went to the first floor. And I was trying so hard to avoid having to go back upstairs to ask for help because I'd already said goodbye to everyone. I think I went to every floor trying to figure out if there was another exit I was missing. I might have even gone into a stairwell. I ended up going back upstairs and my soon-to-be great friend, Colin Jost, helped me out and walked me over to the secret nighttime elevator. It felt as impossible to leave that night as it does now. And my great friend, Colin Jost, ended up helping me again, this time by getting Elvis to sing me off. Thank you, Austin Butler, you absolute kind and generous dreamboat. I'm sorry I've been a little quiet about it publicly. I didn't want the extra pressure on something already so emotional for me. And I'm so grateful I got to have these wonderful past six shows to help me ease into it and get to meet and laugh and probably overly hug Molly, Marcelo, uh, Devin, and Michael, who I think are not only brilliantly funny, but really great humans. I'm ready to go, but I'll always know home is here. I've had the time of my life working with the greatest people on earth. And so, um, again, speaks to her, I think, affection for Colin Jost. Yeah. Um, she also, Keenan wrote, uh, I think, a couple hearts. And then she wrote, my number one role model, she wrote this to Keenan. you taught me how to do this, and more importantly, how to do it with kindness and support and encouragement for others. Thank you for all those Sunday texts. I think the world of you, my friend, and I'm honored to have gotten to stand next to you up there for so long. So I, I, I think Cecily's also just a kind of a beloved cast member. Oh, yeah. She seems very kind very supportive of her fellow cast members and and so you know when she leaves there's definitely a hole there not only 
for her talent, which is just incredible. I think people, somebody on my my Twitter uh, said, you know, they were kind of surprised that I said Cecily Strong, I think is just, you know, especially in the last 20 years, one of the best cast members. And and I think that because she's so, she's so flexible, right? Yeah. She could do so much. She can sing. Her voice is great. She can, you know. She's great as voiceover. The voiceover Her stuff, voiceovers yeah. are fantastic. I mean, honestly, a skill it's in her the, voiceover. It's the work. problem of she's when, hilarious. When, you can, when you can and do do everything, yep. right, then you are not a, a, a everybody's going to be like, wow, you know, when Chloe Feynman leaves, oh, my God. She was such a good impressionist, right? That's what the show is losing. But you can't put your finger on what you're losing with Cecily Strong because you're losing everything. Almost every sketch had, I mean, because again, I, I I keep track of how many people are in each episode, and Cecily Strong. Oh, that's a little creepy, but okay. And a little, no, honestly, would have six or seven uh, sketches where her hands were in that sure. in some yeah. way, and so that is just a huge, huge impact. You're not gonna, you're not gonna know. Well. She did take some time off here and there, you know, in the last year uh, when she was on. She did she, play. Play, yeah. Yeah. So we, we saw what that was like, but we still had Aidy Bryant and Kate McKinnon. You know, we still had some other people. Now with this, like when we come back from break and the next show and Cecily's gone and now it's only the quote unquote new cast And I'm members, very excited. I am, about of but, course. But wow, this is now you don't have Aidy or Kate or Cecily. Heidi, you know, of course I joke around about how much I love her. Is she ready to be that every woman? Like because that's what Cecily can be for those guys, and that's what Kate could do and Eddy could do. They could really play the straight man or whatever. I don't know who's because Sarah step Sherman up. is not an every woman, right? What Sarah Sherman does really well, she does really well. She she is she is the chaos, well, right? I, she's not an every woman in the way that Cecily Strong is, I think. But I do think Sarah Sherman has shown that she can play a straight woman character and like she like Certainly. she disappears into like characters where, that requ- don't require her that I didn't know it was persona. her honestly yeah exactly yeah. no um, absolutely but when it's a Sarah Sherman crazy character yeah and you're looking for a straight woman oh, of course you know Heidi would be it Chloe would be obviously but like wh- what else are you gonna do there yeah that's gonna be tough so uh Cecily Strong came onto the show in 2012 who were the other cast members that joined in 2012? They're all gone now. She's the last one, obviously, because she was on the show for so long. But who were the other ones that came in in 2012? Was that... Uh, there are four of them. Sudeikis? Yeah, I was going to say Sudeikis. No. no. Was it Hater? No. Was it... I will give you... Forte? There were three girls, three women, and one male. A.D. Bryant? Correct, one. Kate well, McKinnon? Correct, two. I mean, somebody who probably didn't last. He only lasted a season. As long. John Ratzenberger. Was it, John <laughs> Ratzenberger. <laughs> What's his name? John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger. You know, uh, Brooks Whelan. Tim Robinson. Tim oh, Robinson. Who, thank God, left SNL. Yeah. Because the he best, is the so, best thing for him. so much better off of SNL. Yeah. So, but, but if you, okay, by the way. That, uh, that was the 2012 class. What a class, honestly. If you guys are listening to this podcast right now, and for some reason you have never seen Tim Robinson and Jason Sudeikis in Round Ball Rock, you just, just go ahead, just do yourself a favor. YouTube, Round Ball Rock, SNL, and just laugh. And furthermore, beyond the, uh, you know, SNL history of Tim Robinson, go watch uh, I Think You Should Leave, his his sketch show on Netflix. Uh, It's short form. Episodes are like 12 to 15 minutes long. It's ridiculous. It is ruckusly hilarious. I love that show. You've probably already seen 
memes online. Sure, if you've you, seen, you must have. If you've seen Tim, Tim Robinson, Robinson in the hot dog suit saying, we're, we're just trying to find out who this guy is. <laughs> Would That's almost do the, better on SNL now, yeah, honestly. Absolutely. Because yeah. him and Sarah Sherman could speak the same language. For yeah. sure. Um, all right, we're going to get to the MVP. Uh, we always ask, uh, at least for the last couple of weeks anyway, what your MVP or favorite sketch was of this episode. I want to read some responses from our Twitter page. Uh, Lando Rock says, best sketch probably the black and white guy at the window one. Again, I uh, thought it was funny too, Lando. Uh, MVP, Chloe Feynman. Uh, Meow Mix 10 uh, says, Austin was MVP. The It's a Wonderful Life sketch and Jewish Elvis were the best. Uh, America, 1978 says Jewish Elvis was the best this season. That's you a are, bold claim. It's okay. This the season. best this season. Uh, maybe maybe they meant this Christmas season. I don't know about... I, uh, Nate, I know you pay attention to this more than Ben does. Did you see the thread uh, in the, the Facebook group where people were talking about the Austin Butler episode and they were like, oh my gosh, funniest episode of the season. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> why, why do people suck? Uh, yeah. And this, then, this, was, this wasn't even half as good as the Martin Short, Steve Martin episode, and that wasn't as good as the Kiki Palmer episode. But, but so. I can tell you this. A lot of people didn't love the Kiki Palmer episode like we did what? in that group. That's it, bonkers. They it, are bonkers. They're, absolutely. They're wrong. You know, they're racist. They don't like comedy. <laughs> they're flat out wrong. All right, let's go to- They're anti-pregnancy, and they're, and they're anti-women uh, uh, of color. And let's I'll do say sketch it. of the night first, a sketch of the episode. <sighs> uh, we'll start with you, Brad. What did you think? Oh, uh, uh, we all know. No, you don't story. actually. Please don't destroy what's my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you don't, don't usually- pick, I Yeah, it's a pre-tape. It's you, a pre-tape, Brad. Pre-tapes are fine. Pre-tapes are always fine. You just were, not bits from the weekend Yeah, just update. not weekend update segments. Well, you just change your So yeah, Please Don't Destroy was the best sketch of the night. Followed closely by Jewish Elvis. How closely? Closely, closely, or no? Not closely, closely, but it was, It was. I, I thought Jewish Elvis was very, very funny. All right. What about you? I thought he Benny was going to make fun of me for saying Please Don't Destroy it was my favorite. No, it's the best right, sketch yeah, of the night. It's, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to actually agree with Lando and I think it was Meow Mix 10 that the It's a Wonderful Life was my favorite. I like that one. Yeah, that's, 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 that's wrong, but it's okay. All right, MVP of the night. We'll start with you, Benny. I mean, it it's so tough to not pick Cecily Strong. I, I, I picked her uh, so, It's so, cheating, I know, but so I, I... No, I didn't. I, didn't. I did. I, I, put, I put her as honorable mention because, of course, it's her night, but Bone Yang was awesome in the Marzipan and at the Weekend Update desk. Marzipan sucked. No, no, wait. Bone Yang I know, but still, was the only reason that I laughed. And as the the uh, Krampus character was hilarious. It was good. It I, was good. I really like Bone Wang. Yang is Bone Yang. Yang Bone, whatever. <laughs> All right. What about you, Brad? Devin Walker for me uh, was the MVP. Uh, he just, he crushed it. Cool. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I gave it to Cecily Strong just because. I mean, it'll be the last time I can ever pick her, and I yeah, feel like I do yeah, need yeah. to pick her. And uh -huh. she was great throughout the no, entire yeah, no, yeah, no, she she earned it. But Kathy uh, Ann was. Uh, I really did enjoy. Uh, this is a more uh, send offy, obviously, way of doing it. But much like she broke character when she did the the abortion clown bit, and then most recently, what was the the trucker? Yep. So she broke character in both of those. She broke character in this one. And this was different, though. No, exactly. Not for a, a political point or, or a social point, but just to say goodbye. And she does that breaking of character better than anybody, honestly. Yeah. Like, it was awesome to see her do that the first two times. This was the best way to do that, and I was really happy to see her do it. All right. Well, that's all we have for you right now. Uh, when is the next live? We don't episode? know when we'll be back. They March twenty. They haven't announced it. It'll, it'll be sometime in January, uh, probably mid to late January. Who do you um, think might 
get the hosting? Uh, I really don't know. Uh, it's it's tough to say. You know, they they haven't really been getting like huge names uh, for for the hosts this season. So Oscar season is upon us, uh-huh. right? We're gonna uh, get a, a few Oscar uh, Beatty type movies coming out. Um, but I think that uh, we should go with Jennifer Coolidge. I would love, I, to, see I would love to see Jennifer Coolidge. Um, I would love to see Quinta Brunson host. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. Who is Quinta Brunson? She is the creator and star of Abbott Elementary. If you've not seen that, oh, it yes. might not be a show that you think you would love. It is so well written. It's so, it's so funny. funny. So, so funny. Yeah. Um. It's, uh. yeah, I, I laughed harder than I have at any Also, somebody pilot. that loves, genuinely loves Saturday Night Live, I know she would love to be on it. So yeah, it would be very cool. interviews talk about it. So she would love to be on it. Yeah, I, I mean, is there... Is Bill Hader have a new season of anything coming out? Uh, I th- there is a new season of Barry, but it's it's a, it's a little ways I off. Just, I want Bill Hader and uh, uh, Vanessa Bayer. I would love it's to see them. I see. Uh, maybe get uh, Christina Ricci to come in because the new season of Yellow Jackets is coming to Showtime. Um, she was on a Wednesday. Great show called Wednesday too. What's that? <laughs> well, it comes after Tuesday. Hmm. Oh, so it's like a, a weekday show. Yep, and it's before Thursday. Okay, that's pretty. It's I, I like the sound yeah, of that. There you go. So, uh, I like structure. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know what major films are coming out in the first quarter. We should know this from our other podcast, Go Flicks. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm sure there's some really good ones coming out that I, and TV shows. Killian Murphy. Like Have Megan oh, host. Oh, Killian Murphy would be interesting. Killian Murphy. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer doesn't come out until like July or June. Though. Yeah, but he needs to hit the ground running. I think you have Megan host. Running away from the atomic Who? bomb. The robot, Megan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she'll just be the musical guest and she just dances in that weird way. Yeah, that would be okay. great. All right, it'll be interesting to see what they pick. Hopefully, we'll have a new episode out, though, before you know it, in uh, mid-January. We might get bored, and we'll maybe do another episode of who we liked the best in the first Who knows? But do follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Do comment. We we always honestly love it. Uh, review and rate the podcast. We share that, um, and, and it's like... Uh, Christmas Day for us whenever we it get really is rated text it to each other like oh my god somebody actually listened yeah and so uh, as the podcast grows we we really do love li- uh, hearing from our listeners uh, there was a somebody one of you commented uh, again you're one of the only people you know that watches SNL and so uh we're like a community to watch it with you and that's the whole goal right is that uh yeah, like i wish my friends in real life watch the show but they don't the three so of us love SNL yeah. and we just love building the community of people that do as well i believe it's certain rep Surin rap, not Saran rap, but Surin rap. Yes, that's correct. Yes, yeah. awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for this. We appreciate that comment. All right, you guys have anything else to add before we go, Brad? Uh, Brad, where can people find you online? Uh, Slashroom dot com, uh, where you can find my reviews of SNL. You can check out my full review uh, of this episode and uh, all the previous episodes <laughs> and some of the future episodes yeah, too. Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's something I do. You got it going on. Yeah, uh, at Ethan underscore Anderton on Twitter, and uh, of course you can check out my junk. Look at Brad's junk on Instagram. Snacks, soft drinks, collectibles, dildos. Wow. Not dildos. dildos. Just, kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Somebody oh. went shopping at Target. All right. So oh, you can find us on the 10 to 1 podcast. Just look for us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, ben and I are on there as well. You can find us. Hey, somewhere. if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want to drive about 60 miles east, come on down to Full Tilt Arcade and Pinball in LaPorte, Indiana. It's my arcade that I legitimately own. We is have there a Saturday Night Live pinball machine? Uh, there is not a Saturday Night Live pinball Hard machine. Hard pass. I'm sorry, buddy. There isn't one, okay? It is a lot of fun. But you we have 65 job. arcade games. You come out and, and, and have a good time. And let us know that you listen to the podcast yeah. and that's why you're there. We and you'll it. get a discount. I will yeah, get, hey, honest it, to God, if you would live, if you can show me your driver's license and you're from at least 60 miles away, 
I will put it out there that I will give you a $30 gift card for our arcade. If you walk in the door and say, like, I listen to the SNL podcast, I'm here for my fucking card, <laughs> I will hand it to you. I promise. Or how, how about however much gas it takes them to get there? No. I like that better. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great holiday. We'll be back sometime in January. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.